dating, marriage, and divorce conversations, where we analyze, navigate, and troubleshoot all stages of your romantic life. I'm your host, Igor Meisterman, a divorce attorney turned relationship coach. Hello, everybody. To a very exciting episode, I'd like to discuss today the concept of holding space. Now, to some of you, this concept might sound foreign, and um, I want to lay out a background in a way that's going to be helpful to everyone. And since Rosh Hashanah is approaching very soon, the Jewish New Year, it's a time when people um, go into deep states of introspection, reflection, resolutions for the following year. I would like to explore from the perspective of what kind of relationship does God present to us? And if we are to man to emulate him and be godlike human beings, then how do we express in our own lives and in our own relationships what he teaches us based on the way he expresses himself to us? And where I'd like to begin first is from a skill that is so fundamental to imago therapy, the type of relationship coaching that I do. Mirroring is the idea that when two people communicate, one of the things that needs to take place, and that's what allows for a deeper relationship to happen, is my ability to really make sense of what you're saying, and not just to process it intellectually, but to actually allow myself to experience what you are actually going through. See, there's a big difference between me just saying, uh-huh, okay, uh, yeah, I heard you, and me actually internalizing what goes on in your world. And that divide is so wide, the gap is so huge, that many times when a couple comes in and sits in my office, uh, and they're sitting across the desk from each other, as they attempt to communicate, the way they experience each other is as if they are literally universes apart. And many times I have to explain to them that this process of mirroring, the process of me actually making sure I really, really get what you're telling me, is the journey of building the bridges, the bridges that connect your world and mine. And it's very unfortunate that many times in relationships, people just come in with certain preconceived notions that we're in a relationship, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, we're husband and wife, we're partners, long-term partners. And that just means that everything falls into place automatically. The relationship just makes sense. You know, we just do stuff together. What is actually missing in that interaction on that level of relationship is true, deep, meaningful connection. Because that's something that can't be generated from a place of default, from a autopilot mode in our existence, the way we show up in our lives. That type of connection can only happen when we put in a constant effort with intention to connect and to experience closeness. And so what mirroring does is it presents two important values, very fundamental values to the way um, a couple can relate to each other. One, it allows me to confirm that I'm really understanding what you're telling me. So it's a very technical value, right? So let's just use this example, right? So I say to you, um, I had a hard day at work today. And you say back to me, what I'm hearing you say is you had a really hard day at work today. Right there at that moment, what you did is you made me feel and experience you as if you're really trying to enter my world and understand what is taking place in my life right now. So I'm having a hard time at work. I'm having difficult coworkers or I'm having difficult um, employer um, or my supervisor. And you were just checking in with me and letting me know that 
I'm hearing you. I'm with you. And I'm, I'm really trying to understand what you're going through. But there's a second, a deeper um, value to mirroring. And that value is I want to deeply experience what it's like to be you. I really want to enter your world. I want to enter your world and get a sense of what's it like to be you. That is something that most couples never do. And if they do, it happens on a very casual basis without that deep connection that I'm describing. And so when you sit down with your partner, if you were to do this exercise and you actually listen to them and then say, what I'm hearing you say is you're going through the following challenges at work. Am I getting you? Yes, you are getting me. Is there more about that? Yes. What I also want you to get is that when I go through these challenges, I really long for connection with you. I want to rely on you and connect with you deeply. So what I'm hearing you say is when you're going through these difficult times, you also want to connect to me and you want to know that you can rely on me. Am I getting you? And if you're getting the sense of where I'm going with this, that is the energy and the connection we want to generate. That this is the type of experience we want to give our spouses and to give ourselves. Because what happens if you continue this dialogue and you don't stop, you just keep going. What happens eventually, doesn't happen overnight, I have to make that disclaimer, but what happens eventually is that we start to experience the other person, but we experience that person within our own world. That is a really, really incredible transformational experience because that's a place from which we could now make real changes to ourselves and to our partners and to our relationships, but those changes are held from the foundation of love and safety and true support and care. And that's something that can only happen when the starting point is attempt to really enter the other person's world. And therefore, the concept that we often use in the relationship coaching work is holding space. Can I hold space for the other person? Can I listen to you and not just listen to you from a place of, okay, you have a problem. All right, let's hear it. Let me throw out a couple of solutions for you. Can I just be there with you in that place where you are? Right? And there's a concept the rabbis discuss in the Talmud that there are three yokes that a man has to carry in his life. The yoke of Torah, the yoke of livelihood, Parnassa, and the yoke of Isha, a woman. And the question is, what does that mean? What is this yoke? And as we discussed in, in prior podcasts, Right, that this idea of when the Torah says that a person has to have sovlanut, uh, patience, right? So, one, one of my teachers taught this beautiful idea of you know, when you say in English, you say patience, it means okay, I hold my breath, you know, you're, you're going through something and um, it's hard for you, but it's irritating me, so I'm just gonna hold my breath until you know the thing is over and then I can kind of continue with my life. So, I, so I have patience, but the reality is that the, the root of that word in Hebrew is soival to carry someone, to be a porter, which means I put you on my back and I'll carry you through the desert and I will be here for you through thick and thin, uh, you know, kind of as cliche as these words are, you know, till death do, do us part, but there's, there's real truth to it. It's, can I step out of my world into yours? And when I arrive there, I will experience true connection. I'll experience true closeness. And it's something that we all crave so badly. I mean, I cannot tell you how much couples come to my office and within first few sentences of the conversation, I already sense that there is this energy, invisible energy between them of deeply craving to connect and not knowing how or experiencing their spouse from a place of disconnect and they want the closeness. And so what holding space does is it's almost kind of ironic and paradoxical because we tend to think of, you have a problem, I have a solution, let's solve it. And what holding space does, it says, no, 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 
Step back. Step back and don't attempt to do anything except for one thing. Can you just hold the space in which I can experience myself, accept myself, come to terms with myself, and that way I can arrive at a healing that is a genuine, true healing versus some sort of a quick fix that really just puts a band-aid on the festering wound rather than actually solves and addresses the problem. Now, if you're wondering, well, what about this idea of holding space? Does it even have a source of any kind in in religious sources, especially in the religious Jewish sources? And I came across a fascinating concept. You know, in the prayer services every day, we say that God holds space. How do we know this? It says, He decrees, and then he makes the decree withstand. So the question is, how does he make something withstand if... We, we sin all the time. We make mistakes all the time. So how is it possible that if he makes decrees and he wants the world to be a certain way, and that includes us carrying out his will, what happens when we violate his will? Where does that fit into the way he operates the world? And a thought that came to me, I thought was, uh, I thought it was such a beautiful idea that that's just it. The whole point is the way God expresses his love to us is he holds up the world every minute. He never steps back, right? That's the whole point, is Hashem never steps back. If he steps back, the world would collapse. That's our understanding, that God is constantly inter- intervening in the world. So then what happens when we violate his will? He holds up the world even during the time that his will is being violated. And therefore, what is he doing? He's holding space. And within that space, we fall, we fall on our faces, we make mistakes, and we make those mistakes over and over again, and we make resolution not to repeat them, and yet we fall again, and yet again. And what does God do? He stands back, and He holds space. He gives us energy, even while we're violating His will. Why? So we could have an opportunity to come back to Him. And that's the type of manner with which we are meant to emulate Him. And so ask yourself, right now, how do you show up in your relationships? Are you tolerant? Are you intolerant? Are you judgmental with the close people in your life? Or are you accepting and loving? and supportive as they struggle through whatever it is that they struggle with in their lives. And of course, the area within our lives where it's the hardest to do these things is our families, our spouses, our children. That's where right, we expect things to be a certain way. We hope that there are certain perfections that unfold when the reality is, is that that is precisely where the most work is needed. That is where You can't just rely on autopilot and things will just happen by themselves. There is a deep need that things happen um, through the work of conscious effort to say, I want to hold space for you. I want to be here for you with no judgment, no expectation, no pressure. I just want to be in your world. I just want to be part of it. And therefore, it shouldn't be surprised that we have a saying such as, what comes from the heart enters the heart. Because the only way we can arrive as the source that it's a heart expression, the only way that could happen is when we completely put ourselves aside and just create space within which the other person lives and the other person can experience themselves from that somebody loves me and there's a total safety. And in that place, I can transform. That's a place where I could make change I could confront my demons. I could confront difficult things. You know, couples come to my office and they're like, if only she was different, 
I'm telling you, our relationship would be totally transformed. If only he just fixed a couple of these things, our relationship would be totally different world. And the problem is, is that, but people won't go through those transformations if they were not provided space where they could feel safe to swim around in all of their flaws and imperfections and then look up and say, there's something higher I should um, aspire to. There's something greater I can become. And if you ask any person, right, when you talk to people who are very successful, whether it's in sports, whether it's in business, and you ask them what drives their success, many people, answer is going to be is there was a mentor or someone who believed in me. There was somebody who um, respected me. There was somebody who um, I aspired to be like, and they gave me a feeling of hope and inspiration. What is that? What is this concept? That's a concept that somebody created space within which I was able to embrace myself, confront myself, and ultimately grow from the place where I was to the place I wanted to be. And all of that was possible because somebody created space and held it for me so that I can go through my transformation. And so as we head into the new year and we think about what God has done for us and all the kindness and all the support he provides day in and day out while we fall and make mistakes, can we strive on a level of wherever we are now to take a small step towards somebody in our life where we say, you know what, for this person, I held space for them so that they could be on their journey towards their greatness. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. For questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear more about, or to try our 24-week relationship challenge, email us at relationshipreimagined at gmail.com.